and welcome back to Vox Popcast, the weekly pseudo-academic round pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Chris Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-host, Hannah and Wayne. How's it going, guys? Okay, I have something to say this time, actually. Wow. Real. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> I, think, I think Facebook is conspiring against me. I mean, almost certainly. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, but be specific. I, I'm pretty sure, and I guess, Mav, you can talk about this in a real way. I'm pretty sure Facebook doesn't want me to win the box office game because they're blocking anyone from talking about going <laughs> to the Eternals. Okay, is everybody having that issue? Because like, I did, yeah. I've seen it on Facebook and social and Twitter like all over the place. Because Mav, I, I, I commented on your thread, Mav, with yes. one of my friends, and it, it's and since then I've seen like five other people post the same thing. No, it's um, it I've I have checked. Um, I've been following a Reddit thread. Um, and it started with um the earliest posts were from like Australia because of time zones and stuff. So yes, it's a problem where no one knows why but for some reason facebook will not allow you to talk about eternals <laughs> which is great um and, and and by not allowing you to talk about it like when i went to the movies to go see it i i just i no comments i literally went to the movie theater uh with my wife and i pressed the check-in at movie theater and just said mav and staff click and I use the automatic are watching click what movie the Eternals click. And then I watched the movie and then I came home, got out and came home. And then by the time I got home, there was a um, warning from Facebook saying you have violated our community standards by and I'm like I'm talking about. I, I mean, I didn't even talk about it. I literally just said where I was. What are you doing? Oh. <laughs> well, we know. Yes. I guess we know how Facebook feels about Eternals. <laughs> so um, hint as to what we're talking about. Yeah, we're we're talking about Eternals because because we will not be silenced. We will not be silenced by Facebook. Uh, yeah yeah that's pretty much it that's what we're talking about okay. today <laughs> okay well so we have a returning guest before we get too far into the movie because um this uh, oh we'll talk uh as we'll, we'll talk a little non-spoiler stuff if you haven't seen it and then we'll go into spoilers like we'll 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 let you know um but before that i want to welcome back a guest we haven't had um we have tk from there was an idea podcast my one of my favorite podcasts that i discovered because she listened to our show <laughs> <laughs> really? hey, I love I, it, and uh, I really do I, like your show. Thank you so much. I appreciate that a lot. It, it really, it really does mean a lot. I, I love your show as well, and you've been a wonderful, a wonderful guest on there. Was an idea, and I'm just so excited to be invited back to your show, especially to talk about Eternals, which I'm, I'm really excited to dig into. Awesome! I'm so, so glad you're excited. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not unexcited. I'll, I'll I, don't, I don't know. I, to be honest, I don't know what any of you think because yes, we, I put, we specifically I, I, did not discuss it. Yes, I put. I put, I put in because I saw it first. I put in the group chat. The critics can suck it, and then yes. like said, I want to talk to you guys about it. And then I just heard radio silence. So I'm afraid. Yes, <laughs> I, I am. I've been intentionally vague. Um, I, I I don't know what TK thought. I don't know what Wayne thought. We know Hannah liked it because or. Well, actually, we don't. Maybe you just think critics should suck it in general, which I, I mean, that is you true. Probably do. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but um, no, so we so we haven't talked about it at all. 
But before we get into Eternals, I just want to give a little bit of little bit of content uh, outside because um, it's a preview for me because I have not heard the episode yet. But I think it will be um, out by the time this episode airs. So I'm just going to preview uh, that there was an idea podcast and ask you questions, TK, if that's OK. So my understanding Absolutely, is you've you've now read a comic book. You've now read one of my favorite comic books, also one of Wayne's favorite comic books, because that was coming up on like. It was it was an upcoming episode. You were going to review. Um, my understanding is you're going to um, review Hawkeye, My Life as a Weapon. Yes. And I can't wait. I actually haven't recorded it yet. It's okay. going to be my episode on Monday, the 22nd. That'll be the release. Uh, November 22nd. That'll be the release of that episode. And I'm very excited to share my thoughts on that comic, as well as what I hope the show takes from it in spirit. And uh, uh, and if, if you need a guest for any of this stuff, let me know, because I am on record <laughs> as. I mean, Hawk, Hawkeye's been one of my favorite characters since the yes. '70s, since I was a kid. Wayne is I a Hawkeye fanboy. Love to have you on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Planning <laughs> on watching the show week to week. I'd love to have you on to discuss an episode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that's yeah. <laughs> Um, but if you it. do that, Wayne has to, you have to appear in cosplay because I know you have the costume because I've seen you yeah, wear well, the costume. <laughs> I, I have a t-shirt and some sunglasses, <laughs> I, which, is, which is is the costume yeah, no, from Hawkeye. Yeah, 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 no, I'll, I'll post it in here. Uh, two or three years ago at the at the store I worked at, uh, my coworker Abby and I, and Abby was a redhead, but she did classic Black Widow, and I did modern Hawkeye, and, and people awesome. loved it. So <laughs> I, I will find that and post it in the chat while we while we do this. <laughs> but um, but yeah, but I, I, I absolutely would. Yeah, I have lots of thoughts about Hawkeye from a lot of different eras. Mm-hmm. And, and, Fantastic! And, We're only a few minutes into recording, and I've already secured a guest for one of my Hawkeye episodes. <laughs> <laughs> is, well, yeah, and 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 I, I'm excited because uh, I think the last time I was on your show, um, I raved a little bit about this about the Matt Fraction Hawkeye series in general, but this first arc in particular, the My Life as a Weapon yeah. um, arc. And my feelings on, you know, I, I'm very excited for the Hawkeye uh, TV series. Um, in fact, when they announced that first slate of, of of TV shows, this was the one that I was most excited about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody else was like, "Oh my god, Loki!" And I'm like, "There's gonna be a Hawkeye show. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, maybe we'll have track." Tracksuit Mafia. That'd be awesome. Can we have Tracksuit Mafia? Because <laughs> I am that kind of nerd. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I'm very much looking for it because because uh, famously um, you don't read comics, which makes your show fascinating because every time everything that every MCU thing that comes out, you're usually going in completely fresh with no preconceived notion. Yeah, I, it's very much an MCU show as opposed to mm-hmm. a Marvel show. And what's mm-hmm. been great about it has been working with guests who have different backgrounds and some who are more familiar with the comics than not. And so working with you has been great to get some insight into different comic runs as well as some of my other guests. And, uh, I, you know, I, I've gotten to a place now where I don't know if it's fair to say that I don't read comics anymore. And it, it, was, never, it was never like, I don't read comics in any sort of real way. No. But it was more, you know, falling in love with the characters in their in their cin- cinematic mm-hmm. Right. And uh, now after after reading the Hawkeye run and after reading, I read a Black Widow, Itsy Bitsy Spider, I believe it was called. Okay. Yes. And um, that's the Chris yeah, I, I, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so I'm diving into it a bit more and I'm, I'm actually excited to to uh, get a little bit more into that part of the world as well. So awesome. In part, thanks to you. So I appreciate yes. that. It's a convert. And and for, you know, <laughs> and for and for and for our regular listeners who also know the connection. Uh, 
uh, this show has to the um, to the Pop Culture Association Conference. I'm also pressuring her to appear there. So we're working on this. This is the whole. This is whole all part of my you know podcasting takeover the world. Master over the plan. world. That's it. That's right. <laughs> you know, we're, we're starting to build our we're starting to build our own like Avengers kind of a symbol. Yeah, it's true. Um, it's true. Avengers, Princess Switch. Yeah, you know, yeah. shared universe. Yeah. <laughs> Princess Switch three is coming out very soon. I know, so excited! I know. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I saw the Princess Switch, the first one. Oh, oh, the second one's we, even we better. Are, Fun stuff. Yeah, we we are we are big fans. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hannah <laughs> right, and I are all about one. oh the Princess Switch shared universe is so much more exciting than the MCU. I mean, again, Hannah <laughs> and I are the only two who care, but there is a, there is a shared universe. Yeah, I, 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 I'll be I'll be recording an episode about Hawkeye while you guys are, are doing that. <laughs> okay, okay, Wayne, but you might like the night before Christmas. I'm just saying. Uh, okay, okay, yes, which is part of the shared universe. Yes, the night before yes, Christmas okay. is the Arthurian portion of the shared. Ah, Princess okay, yeah. okay. Switch yeah, which yeah. is partially why I'm excited about. Well, we'll get to that later. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, anyway, so not what we're talking about today. We're going to talk talking. about. Yeah. Oh, come on! Like, we're going to talk about the Avengers. Or not the Avengers. That's wrong. What are we talking no, about? Oh yeah, the Eternals. The direct, yes, the Eternals. The direct opposite of the Avengers in some ways, I think, which is yeah. exciting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so there's this movie that came out that. Actually, I mean, there's feelings and, and Hannah, you said you don't know what people thought. And uh, yeah, you you introduced this one because this is a weird one yeah. as far as like MCU things. You know, we 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 talk about MCU stuff a lot on this show. It's not we're not an MCU show, but, you know, it's it's the biggest thing. In, it's the biggest thing in pop culture there yeah. is right now. So, you know, and, sure. and, and Mav and I have read a shit ton of Marvel comics. So, yes, <laughs> yes. There's the scientific measurement, a shit ton. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And, and I love Spider-Man more than most things. <laughs> That's my so, mirror. Yeah. So, yes. So, so, what's the deal with the turtles? So, part, I'm not going to lie. Part, I partially pitched this show because I just like saw the reviews trickle out over the past couple of weeks. And I was like, no. Like, I'm sorry. Just like, no. Um, there is no way that this is the film that gets the right. I mean, it is. It is this film that got the rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes, like the first MCU film ever. Like, there are some really stinker movies that are not movies basically like they don't they don't fit what is a movie like Iron Man 2 that's not really a movie I'm sorry also like just the casual misogyny just like makes me want to puke um and then there are movies like Thor the Dark World that like upset some of the cast so much like they just did not return for a bit like it was not enjoyable for anybody including the mm-hmm. viewers like Josh fell asleep during that movie and okay. he got the sweet release of um, and I stuck through it so like I was like this this cannot be that bad um and then like I read some of the reviews like blind and it seemed like some of the reviewers were giving fair critiques and some were throwing fits because it wasn't Nomadland and some were throwing fits because it wasn't the Avengers but also like everyone's been saying the MCU needs to like evolve or like it's gonna you know it's like we're 26 films in and like multiple TV shows like we need we, like something different needs that. I was like so what's up with this um, and also on the like the big MCU side uh, you know they've really been pushing this film as like 
this will be game changing. Like you need to go see this. And so like, I don't know. I just thought it would be worth talking about. I thought it was like something weird and interesting when mm-hmm. I picked it in the box office game. And I thought it would be weird and interesting uh, based off like what I saw in the trailers. I went in with zero expectations and uh, I stand by that. It's weird and interesting and worth an hour and a half of discussion. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you liked it. Okay. I did like it. I, <laughs> I think, I think I, I think I might like it more than most of the MCU films, honestly. Um, okay. That's, I, I, I mean, that's a good stake in the round. That's a, that's a good mm-hmm. place to start. Yeah. Cause like, mm-hmm. Because we should, I mean, again, no spoilers. We should at least give, I mean, uh, Cisco and Ebertish or five, st- you know, zero to five stars. Where are you at? Your thumbs up, definitely. You're, you're a go yeah. see this movie. I think you yeah. should go see this movie. And I, I don't think I've ever truly felt the sublime on screen in the same way I did in this film ever. Like, wow. Legitimately. Like, I'm, not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying like, it's like, I'm not trying to like set expectations too high. It's a Marvel movie in all good and bad ways. But like, I think it's worth going going to see and making up your own mind about and I personally liked it. Okay, okay. that's that's fair. Um I'm just because guess not first because Hannah just already did first but but uh TK what about you I what you're saying Hannah absolutely resonates with me in many ways I I do think it's a Marvel film in all the good and bad ways and I am here as an MCU person I have I have adopted an almost protective nature over the MCU in that despite the flaws of my 26 children in the films (laughs) I I I love them and I want to protect them and I go into a, a new MCU film wanting it to be good I want it to good. And Mm -hmm. in many ways, Eternals presented a a departure from some of traditional MCU, not so much in a a way that uh, I didn't feel what I like about the MCU in it. In some ways, it didn't present as much of a departure as I was expecting. Um, But and and in many ways, there are some of the flaws in the MCU that, that come out in this film as well. But I really, really liked this movie. I enjoyed it the first time I saw it. I felt engaged the whole time. I was very taken with it in many ways. And then I saw it a second and third time and I liked it even more. I I really, really genuinely recommend Eternals and I'd say recency bias acknowledged. It's a top 10 MCU film for me. Okay, that's, again, strong words. And well, actually, I I should should clarify just for people who haven't heard your show, um, seeing your you're saying it's you're saying you loved it, period. But seeing a film two, three, four times, that is not a mark as to whether or not TK liked it or not. That's just what she does with MCU films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Or, I mean, how many teen times have you seen um, Black Widow? <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Eternals has only been out as we're recording this like four days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's enough time. That's enough for her to have seen it fourteen times. She keeps Marvel in business by herself. <laughs> I went Thursday night. I went Saturday, and I went Sunday. And in between, yeah. I caught a viewing of Spencer as well. And uh, very, very different film. Also, highly recommend. Beautiful film, Spencer. I spend a lot of time at the movie theater. It, it's it's uh it's kind of what I do. It's my. Yeah. I've never asked you this. Hobby. Did you have movie pass in the movie pass days? Oh, I have a currently. I have an AMC movie pass. Yeah. Three three yeah, times a week. For twenty five dollars a month, right? That's what I'm using now too. But but in but yeah. in the old days of Movie Pass, I don't know if you oh, were in the old had, days. Yeah, Movie Pass was great because Movie Pass was was like such a scam. Like when, <laughs> they, were, they were like, you can go. <laughs> Mav, we what, put movie, yeah, Mav, we put Movie Pass out. Oh yes, yeah. um, the the two of uh, H- Hannah, um, myself, uh, Hannah's boyfriend, Monica, who we didn't know yet, but but she was also doing this. Um, movie Pass was like, hey, you can go to the movies once a day, and you know for 
for what was it? it was, I can't remember. I think it was fifteen dollars a month at one point. <laughs> it was like, yeah, maybe maybe even ten. I don't know. It was like yeah, it was like ten or ten or fifteen dollars a month uh, a month, and you can go to the movies you know once a day, so you can see thirty movies a month. So I decided I'm going to see thirty movies this month. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. You just go. It's like oh, um, I don't know. Oh, yeah. it's, you know, you, you get off work and it's like let's go sit in the air conditioning and see a movie. What are you going to see? I don't know. I'll find out when I get there. <laughs> it's like because they're because they're paying me to sit here and watch movies, and that that's what it, that's what movie pass was about. Yep. All right. Anyway. The window on that, but I yeah. even still, I I will likely go see Clifford the Big Red Dog at some point, and you know, it's just it's just kind of it's kind of what I do. Yeah, it's good. Mo- movies are movies are enjoyable. Wayne, what did you think? Uh, okay, so so my background, you're coming at this from the angle of someone who has read way too many comics in their life. Um, Eternals is one of those properties at Marvel that given my encyclopedic knowledge of of comics, I tend to forget who those characters are from one time to the next. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. uh, I have never read the entire Jack Kirby run and all props to Kirby as Master of the Form and whatnot. I find a lot of that era of his stuff, while powerful and full of big ideas, to be kind of unreadable as a narrative about characters I care about. And that's going to that's gonna get arrow shot at me by lots of, of Kirby purists, but that, that's where I am with that stuff. Um, uh-huh. it just, it just doesn't engage me as a narrative. Um, and, and you have some background on it. Like he came into that. He had just left DC where the books he was doing there weren't selling, but he hadn't finished those stories. So he came to Marvel and he created Eternals, which was kind of him still wanting to do the new gods, but not being allowed to. <laughs> uh, so he created all new characters. It's all some of the same stories. And the new gods uh, are just him, him, him wanting to do Thor and not being allowed yeah, to. So, like, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's really just, yeah, yeah. it's a whole thing. And, and, and lots of big ideas that lots of other people have taken and run with and done some, some really good things with, uh, you know, Neil Gaiman did an eternal series 10 years ago or so. Um, and a lot of this movie came, had, had elements of that in it. Uh, Kieran Gillen, who did Wicked and Divine, uh, who's one of my current favorite writers in, in comics, did a series last year, which I have not yet read because I no longer work in the comic shop and have access to it every day. Uh, but, but I want to. So, but I, so I, I come into this with, yes, knowledge of these characters, but no real connection or affection to any of them that much. Um, I like the movie a lot. I, I think it's, I think it's one of my favorites. That's hard to say. It feels like, I mean, it's a Marvel movie, but it feels like a very different Marvel movie. To me, it feels like it is that evolution. It's not as gung-ho wacky as some of the other Marvel movies. I mean, there are, there's some real, there's some heavy, deep sadness in this movie, um, mm-hmm. and which I liked. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, to, to such a point, I mean, so much of the Marvel thing, Guardians of the Galaxy is the prime example of you, it was kind of wacky and it was fun. And Shang-Chi had all the jokes and Aquafina and, you know, the, the comedy relief. And we had some of this in this movie. And while I liked it, there were places it felt forced and intrusive to me because it didn't fit the mood of the film. It was like someone on the production staff went, Oh, Oh, it's a Marvel movie. We need to, we made this needs to be a little bit wackier right here. Uh Um, So I, I felt some of the, like I said, just some of the humor felt forced to me to make it more like a Marvel product, but I felt more engaged with the characters in this than I ever have in any of the comics I've read. And this is me saying this who tends to lean more toward the comics than I ever do the movies. Mm -hmm. So, so that's, that's where I am on it. 
I am very similar. I'll, you know, you want to just to take some of some of the heat off off of Wayne. Um, yeah, I feel the same way about Eternals. I feel the same way about New Gods, and and frankly, a lot of Kirby's Eternal stuff, a lot of Eternal stuff, just sucks. I, I mean, I have no love for these characters. I don't hate these characters. I just don't care about these characters at all. And I, I think and, um, and, and Eternals got canceled. But if you want to read more of that stuff, read Captain Victory from Pacific Comics, where he essentially did the same thing again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's this thing where I have no devotion to Eternals. So it's mm-hmm. not like I'm a purist here. And anybody who says they're Eternals purist is lying. You know, like if you found the, I mean, okay, maybe not. Maybe there's like one or two. Tom, Tom, Tom Shirley, Tom, Tom Shirley probably is. Hi, Tom. Yeah. If you're listening to this, if you're listening, I, I, yeah. I don't know if you are not, but you're the most <laughs> likely candidate in my life. <laughs> yeah, there are, there are a few people, but for the most part, no one's like going, Oh, I, I, I grew up loving Eternals. Nobody grew up loving Eternals. It's just like a, you know, it's this thing that like they they've wanted Eternals to happen since 1976 and it hasn't mm-hmm. happened. And this is the latest attempt to make Eternals happen. And it can be wildly inconsistent. And these characters are not the Eternals because what Kirby was trying to do with the Eternals was Kirby was trying to make a bunch of characters who were untouchable gods. They didn't talk. Mm-hmm. There was no there was no quirky like jokes or anything. This was, you know, I am beyond. I am I am the many and the legions. And, you know, it's it, it was mm-hmm. very grandiose. And this wasn't that. And I'm fine with that, this not being that mm-hmm. because I've always found that really really boring mm-hmm. so i was kind of looking they, they, forward they, they, they were unrelatable yeah. in that form right. so i was kind of looking forward to this and takeaway was this was a movie it was fine i didn't love it i didn't hate it um i i have this thing that i wrote way back about how i rate movies from from you know from zero to five stars and i said a two and a half star movie is um eh, it's a movie thumbs in the middle mediocre it's not really good or bad it's fine don't go out of your way to see it but if it happens to come on tv it's not worth turning the channel either and this is um and this is um, this is one of those movies where I feel like if you are super into the genre or the franchise or the IP, you're going to love this movie. If you're not really a fan, if you're not a, if, if you're not an MCU person, this is not the movie that's going to turn you on to it. It's oh, just yeah. not. I it, don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's I think that it's different and separate enough. And we'll say something for spoilers. I think it's different and separate. enough. like, I think that this in some ways, I, I know that, um, you know, some of the other phase for stuff has been semi-standalone. I think this yeah. is like starting things over that if you didn't give a crap about Avengers or the Infinity Stones, this is like a place to start. And I think that if you like certain things and I don't want to say what they are, you you might you might actually like really like this film when you don't like some other Marvel movies. And I think that this movie offers a lot up for conversation, both because of its flaws <laughs> and the things it does right. And if a movie can make you have, and, and by the way, I talked about this movie for five hours on Saturday day and Josh had to indulge <laughs> me. So like if a movie can make you like think about things and talk about that and have a conversation, have a debate, it's worth seeing in my mind even but yeah, that's no, me. That's that's where I'm getting at. I think it's if you are into this kind of movie this is a good representation of this kind of movie. If you're not into this kind of movie, it's not going to make you into superhero movies. That That's where I was with it. Like my, my, my example of this was um, something else that took a lot of flack, which I thought was unfair. The 2016 Ghostbusters movie took a lot of unfair shit and it's fine. Is it the greatest movie ever? No. Is it the worst movie ever? No. It's a movie that I enjoyed that I, I watched for you know, two hours mm-hmm. when it came out. And I don't think I've seen it since. Mm-hmm. 
And that's where I think I'm going to be with this. I don't think I'm going to sit down and watch uh, Eternals. Like uh, Eternals is not Winter Soldier. I'm not going to sit down and watch Eternal over again. I'm not going to. I don't. I don't have a favorite part like I do of Endgame, where you know Endgame's hard to watch all of. But I've seen that battle in. I mean, I've seen the movie Endgame two or three, maybe four times. But I've seen that battle in Endgame. I've seen dozens of times at this point. I'll just put it on sometimes, and this doesn't have that. I would disagree with you because I think I would sit down and watch this way more than like some movies like Endgame, which I like Endgame overall. But if I think if you just go back and listen to our show on Endgame, I yeah. complain at length about how they handled Natasha's character mm-hmm. and the plot beats for that, which I think everyone on the show agrees with. Um, yes. Not just for all of you, but it, it, it makes yeah. me so angry. And this movie, like, we, we can get into, like, the specifics, but I think I think that, like, I didn't have a single quibble about oh, a characterization of, of the characters, like, a characterization of the characters. I didn't have oh, yeah. a single quibble about how they, like, handled, like, the women in this film. Like, it did not, it did not yeah. make me angry in that okay. way. Like, that's what I mean. It did not make me angry in a way like like or like you know Iron Man two as I said before just unwatchable at this point for me because of how <laughs> gross Tony Stark is. Yeah. Um, and I know that's like semi his character, but also no. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I think the characterization did not leave me wanting at all. I thought the characterization was huh. fantastic. Even the characters who I didn't really like, and there are a couple who were not my favorites, but they felt consistent to me, and I okay. thought it was quite effective that in a two and a half hour movie with 11 new That's, characters that yes. they all really like they felt they felt realized to me again even oh, I'll, wow. I'll talk later about the ones that I didn't care for as much I will say this too I on the topic of rewatching, I felt like watching it the second and third time it made me like it more and I, I enjoyed it the first time don't get me wrong but I really dug into it more and saw more of that character work more clearly in the in the second and third watch well I guess we should probably yes. get into the spoilers yeah. now so we can Beware from this point on, lie spoilers. I see that I don't know if we'll have a structured enough conversation that these spoilers will even make sense to you if you continue to listen. But you should back out. Yeah. Um, But give us a five star review on iTunes and that will help us out. (laughs) We'll see you next week. When when, (laughs) next week, when depending on the order of release, I think we talk about Dune, unless we talked about Dune last week. We need to figure that out. Um, But, you know, but I think I think next week's show is talking about Dune. (laughs) We're going to talk about Dune this week, too, a little bit, I'm sure. Yes. (laughs) yes. Anyway, um, spoilers, uh, spoilers coming beyond here be dragons. You have been warned. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. Let's start. We're talking about characterization. So you guys like the characters. I mean, not that I mean, I don't mean necessarily like them to as people. You thought the characterization uh, was good. Yes. Yes. Wow. Because for me, that was like one of my biggest sticking points. Um, That's one of the one of the things that I didn't like about it was I felt like a lot of the characters were asking me to sort of invent things for them, which I didn't feel. And and now, again, maybe I'll notice it if I watch it again, like TK did. But I shouldn't have to. Uh, If I if I go to a movie and I feel like I don't know people. And part of this problem is that there are 11 main characters in this movie. Eleven. And this is not Mm -hmm. like. Avengers where there's like seven main characters in the first Avengers movie but I've had five movies to get used to it these are 11 people that I have never heard of before I mean and I have heard of them but as a new as a, yeah. new, as a new viewer yeah. 11 people that I've never heard of before I have no reason to care about them at all and all of a sudden it's like and Sprite and and Faustus and 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 Cersei and and Dane and and like I was just like oh slow down and like you know and then we're getting to Gilgamesh and I'm like which one is he crap oh, 
God, is he? And like, and it's, and it's, and like, I have comic book lore to fall back on, and I was still getting lost. Yes, and, See, I, 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 I felt like I got to know them better right. in this movie than I have in forty years of comics. Yes, <laughs> and I agree, and, and yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I still felt like I, I felt like, oh my God, there's so many people here. Cut out four of them, and I was kind of like any four. Like I don't know you're, which ones. You're, 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 yeah. you're, you're never gonna go to that Legion of Superheroes movie, are you? No, yeah. I mean, not, it, like it's just. <laughs> It, it was just it was too much and then, like leaving the movie you know my litmus test for a lot of these movies is um my wife when she goes to them with me and she doesn't go to all of them but when steph goes to those to the ones that she goes to with me um does she like the movie or not and she came out and she was just like what was that who were those people and it's like i i, I can't explain it to you um she's like and, I, and she and she did not like it i liked it fine i'm not i'm not hating on it but she was just like you know she she loved black widow and she oh. liked okay. shane she and she was like oh uh, this was like uh, she, this was one of those ones where she was just watching her watch a lot she was like oh god are we, can we leave yet <laughs> and then you know and i was and and then it was one where we get to the end credits and it's a marvel movie and of course you want to sit through the end credits and stuff's like oh you know can we can we just go to the bathroom you know like she just wants <laughs> she went out oh, and so oh, i was i was never more excited to see the end credits well continue continue with stuff uh, but but yeah i but i but i just i felt the characters didn't have enough room to breathe there were some things that i didn't like because i thought the shortcuts to like uh Durgu's entire character it's like okay he's the dick because we're giving him a couple of dick tropes and then you've got but he, he's done nothing wrong he's, he's <laughs> drug Druig, what his name is? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. yeah, I liked him. I thought he was, he was great. Yeah, 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 and, yeah and, 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 he, and he and he's very much portrayed as one of the bad ones in the comics. Yeah, and, so I, and I just I, didn't care. I mean, I like I wanted to care, but I didn't. I didn't have enough reason to care. And then it's like, and all of a sudden, Sprite. It's like, and Sprite's like, oh, and I've and you've always been in love with Icarus. Okay, but does it matter? No, just other than the fact that she goes with, I mean, like there's so many characters that no one has the room to breathe and it's at two and a half hour. At, at, I don't know. I want it more. I want it more from any individual person. I would have, I would have taken more time, which is a controversial opinion. And also I, I have to say that I, after two and a half hours of Dune, after spending uh-huh. time with, I think half as many characters, I didn't give yes. a crap about a single one of them. They all uh-huh. felt flat and dead. And after this movie, I felt excited to know more about all of them. Like literally I, I thought that, that as a counterpoint to what you were saying, Mav, I, I mean, I've, I have no experience with Eternals. I was just mm-hmm. like excited by a few things I heard. Like, you know, we we got the first deaf superhero here. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, like I, I was excited by like some of the possibilities and I, I really mm-hmm. felt uh, like going in, I didn't know because I was like, we're, I was, despite thinking that some of the reviews sounded pretentious or weird um, and again, just refusing by my own bias about to mm-hmm. believe it's like the worst movie because some of them are so bad. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, I, was, I, I don't. I, I don't like Thor: The Dark World or Iron Man Two or The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, very much. Yeah, just, I wasn't, right. you know, I wasn't dead set on like liking this movie to be contrarian, which I admit is a personality trait that I would. That is something I would do. I, I like. I I just like watch. I just watched the movie. Um, and I thought that the the way that they structured this film was very smart. Um, yes. which I know is going to get a lot of blowback from some of our commenters because a lot of a lot of Chris. I've seen from people, which Mav, you kind of echoed, is 
you know, we didn't have like seven movies before this to get to know each individual mm-hmm. character. But I think what makes this movie interesting is that what makes their dynamics interesting to me and why I felt so like interested and, and I felt everything like was so compelling watching the flashbacks and like how things had changed forward is that they started out as like a family. Like mm-hmm. this is like their family history and the movie's dealing with their like breakup and what has happened in the aftermath of like a family, we'll say disagreement. Um, sure. And, and, you know, I think that, like, if there's some, like, admittedly, like, you know, Captain America Civil War saw the Avengers break up. But, like, honestly, Infinity War and Endgame were so interested in moving, like, the plot forward. We never really got the interpersonal dynamics of, like, I what it really meant mm-hmm. to, like, you know, deal yeah. with, like, having a difficult family. So, like, I think we, we can argue that they may ha- could have done it better or that maybe mm-hmm. we could have let a character or two go um, or something. But I thought that, like, that structure, actually, of dealing with a team that has already been formed mm-hmm. having broken up and like working out their interpersonal dynamics is a really interesting way to approach this yes. I also thought that the performances in this were so powerful um, like I haven't seen Angelina Jolie in like 10 years and I was like oh she's actually really good um, well she's an but, Academy Award winning actress yes yeah. <laughs> you, know, like, you know you forget someone and how they can be magnetic on screen um, yes. I, I thought also like I thought that um, Lauren Ridolph who um, plays oh god Mercury, Mercury, Mercury. So like, it's Mercury. What what will help is eternal names are usually the name of some god pronounced wrong. So Athena is Athena, (laughs) Mercury is Mercury. That's that's how eternal names work. Icarus is Icarus. Icarus, Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like Druig and Macri's relationship was just electric and like so wow. compelling. To okay. I loved it so much. I was so uh, upset. I yeah, we're on the same really? page. I was so upset because I wanted more of it. I like yes, I felt I, like I, 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 changing I, it. Yeah. I like the, yeah. I like the fact that it was understated. Yeah, oh, I, okay. I, I, I want to see more of it. So give me a sequel, Marvel. Um, I I thought that like like at first I was like, why is Dane in this film? Also, I, I didn't realize it was Kit Harrington at first because I forgot <laughs> that Kit Harrington could smile. And, and boy, Cersei likes those Stark boys, doesn't she? Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to make that joke. Um, but like, I, I, I didn't like, like, I thought that like they had great chemistry at the beginning, really set up. And something I really liked is like you expect a love triangle because Cersei's been in love with Icarus for like hundreds of years, and she says she's moved on. But like tropes on tropes, you know, say love triangle, but it really wasn't a love triangle. She had moved on. It was just Icarus who was like still in love with her. Um, so I, you know, I wasn't. I, are, are, are you sure? Because again, again that, yeah. that was my problem. There was so much that I'm unsure of. Um, I, yeah. I I felt like we were. I felt like I was supposed to think that she did still have problems with um, problems with uh, not problems. I, I mean, thought that I was supposed to think she did still have feelings for Icarus, but the movie didn't have enough time to deal with it because there were 20 other characters to get through. But I'm not I sure. I mean, you could be right. You could be right. I, I don't know. Everything seemed, you know, for a two and a half hour movie, everything felt rushed because there was so much to service that I, I, I felt like I felt like choices, need, more choices needed to be made. And then the choices that they did make, because I agree with you, the the most fascinating relationship to me was Druig and Macri. And it's in 
entirely played in like three lines of dialogue and a couple of cutesy looks at each other that I'm like, oh, I want to know more about them. But but when would I put it? Because like if I put more of a plot line in for them, like Macri disappears for half the runtime of the movie. She's just not there because they have to get keep things moving. So they're like, oh, uh, she she stayed with the show. OK, well, like that, that, didn't, that didn't bother me. So I, I mean, okay. think about what you were what you were saying, Hannah, like I very much I came out of this and I was thinking about Dune as well. I saw Dune a couple nights before Eternals and I couldn't in my brain uncouple the two. And I, I, I said this when I, I I did my my first impressions take on my podcast just like 20 minutes after my first viewing. OK, here's what I'm uh-huh. thinking. And where there were aspects to Dune that stunned me more than Eternals visually and specifically in terms of sound design, I, I Dune blew me away in that respect. And I, I just really felt taken with that experience of seeing Dune. Uh, not to say I wasn't taken with the visuals of, of Eternals because I was. The sound left me wanting a little bit. But regardless, mm-hmm. the thing that stood out to me is the character work. Dune, the characters, I liked Jessica. And not to say that I didn't like some of them, but they, I oh, didn't feel that connection. That connection. <laughs> it's, been, it's, it's been, a, I mean, it's been a week since I watched Dune and Jesus. Uh, uh, and Come I know on. that like, for the, for the, okay, thank you. For the listeners, like you'll hear That's me fun. talk about Dune next week, but I've already recorded that up. Episode. And yeah. this is this speaks so much about how much did I, that in, does. It in, I like Dune because I forgot the character names. Oh but Jesus, you're right. Okay. Even, <laughs> even though I liked the movie, I the Eternals immediately I was taking with these characters. And one of the things that really worked for me in terms of the storytelling, I loved the nonlinear storytelling with the flashbacks to the earlier okay. periods in history. Mm-hmm. I that really worked for me both in terms of how it moved the story along and how it really introduced the characters. There are these little moments of character consistency that we see. For example, Cersei, we see her in London and she's late to work. And when she's hanging out in Babylon, there's comments about how she arrives late. Like there's just these small Mm -hmm. little things that connect um, how we see the, the characters evolve over time that even though they're they're in these new settings, there's a, a piece of who they are that remains mm-hmm. consistent. And I, I thought that they did a really nice job of, you know, so a character who I didn't particularly care for was Sprite. However, even though I didn't really care for her character or her performance, I felt that the character was consistent and I felt like they made enough decisions over the course of the film that I'm like, okay, I get her, I get who she is. And I could understand how other viewers of the film might actually be quite taken with this story of this person who, you know, was uh, born into into uh, a certain type of, of body or, or yeah. age or, or presentation or whatever it might be and who is is never going to be able to have what she wants because of that disconnect between who she is and what she looks like or you know regardless uh you know the decision that she makes to follow Icarus I felt was very compelling I, I feel like it's very compelling that there's no I mean in my opinion we could talk about this I guess that there's no real villain here and it, it it has a little bit more of that civil war type story that you were alluding to before Hannah right like this idea that it's about this family fracturing and their different interpretations of what their purpose is so all of that really worked for me and um, yeah, and I thought that Druig was one of the most compelling ones because of his relationship to humanity and his decision to to decide. <laughs> I love the the historical what if of his taking a group of people who you know Spanish conquerors and and Aztecs in Tenochtitlan and deciding to just mind control them, which is, you know, morally complicated into a commune where they could all live together peacefully. And, and because he couldn't handle watching humans destroy each other, I, I, I was really taken with his story. When, when, you know, like, uh, you know, building off what you were saying, like it also like there's also like no real good person here because yeah. like, the, you know, like the thing about the Eternals that like 
people don't seem to get just like on a basic story level, no matter like what interpretation I think is like they've been around for thousands of years, but they haven't like, you know, interfered to deal with like Thanos or slavery or colonialism, except for like the tiny moments when they do. And, you know, I actually don't have a problem with them not interfering, not not necessarily on a moral level, on a um, story level, because like, I mean, how how many times have we like seen history where people who could interfere don't? And even in our own time, how many people have like stood around? Around and like watched our sure. world burn you know i had no um, problem with that i, I was yeah. actually completely okay with them like with their they're inserting into the look my religion says that my job is to stop deviants hitler is not a deviant i'm not doing i'm not dealing yeah. with it Thanos is not a deviant i am not dealing with it like that is i'm fine i'm fine with that i had no problem with that whatsoever curious for you guys i mean for me most of my problems with it would be solved by um making it a disney plus series that's six episodes long instead of a two and a half hour movie um um, this is I felt similarly with um, I talked about this next week on on our Dune episode. Um, I am a huge fan of the movie Blade Runner 2049. I'm a huge Blade Runner fan in general. So Blade Runner 2049, I loved, but I understand why people didn't get that movie. And I my problem with Blade Runner 2049 was that there was too much story for there was too much story for two and a half hours and two and a half hours seems long. So what they should have done was they should have just made they should have just made a miniseries it was six episodes yeah, okay. long so I, I, I wasn't they should have done that here yeah i yeah. wasn't on the dune episode but that that's that's how i felt about dune is yes. here's this here's this massive book that has tons and tons of it, it felt like as beautiful as a lot of it was yeah it, it was really felt pretty. like here here's the wikipedia outline of dune mm-hmm. please don't make me watch more of dune yeah <laughs> but, but i but I, I think it would have been better served to be a miniseries where you get into right. the complexity of the characters and that world and and the world building um so Sprite, I think, is a fascinating character as designed for the screen. But I need an hour with her in order to get to like her as a character, because I want to feel her being upset that like she can't move on. Like there's the, the movie seems unsure whether they want her to be an old lady trapped in the body of a child or whether she's a, she is a child who can't grow up. Those are two different things. And. And I think it's supposed I think she's supposed to be an old lady. I don't think she's supposed to be immature at all. I don't think she's supposed to be impetuous. I don't I think she's supposed to be a wise 7000 year old being who is stuck looking like a 14 year old. And that's where her bitterness comes, except for I'm not sure because her ending is mm-hmm. OK. And now you'll get to grow up like a regular person. It's like, that's not what I want. That's not what I actually want. If you can remake me, remake me into being 25. Don't remake me. I mean, you remake me into being 14 because the actress is going to age visibly before the next movie and we need to be able to solve this problem that's what that's why that's yeah, why I that's mean, done and, it, and it's yeah. yeah to be fair she is very upset that she's being sent to school yes like, like she doesn't want to be a kid so why is like, she being sent to school like because Kingo has decided that's what happened I guess that's her I guess that's her punishment that's her punishment but Cersei made that face. decision Cersei said I can turn I can remake you I'll make you human I mean, you couldn't have, you couldn't have added four years you know like <laughs> like literally make her 18 and the problem go and all of her problems go away but it's it, there's weirdnesses like that, yeah, that, that, that like, and, and that that whole aspect of her character I don't remember that ever being part of Kirby's thing it's not the character it's, in the book it's, yeah. it, it's definitely Gaiman's take on it I mean, yes. that, that ending is straight out of Gaiman's miniseries. Right. But this is not, but I'm, but I'm fine and I'm fine with differences. Um, I find, um, 
I love the portrayal of Claudia that Kirsten Dunst does an interview with the vampire. It is mm. and the, and the, they're clearly drawing on that for this movie. Claudia is Claudia is an immortal being trapped in the cha- in the body of a seven year old. And yes, I'm in love with Brad Pitt because I'm actually 200. You know, like that's and that's tragic. And I didn't feel tragic enough for Sprite because I didn't like I I knew I was supposed to and I and I intellectually understood what was going on, but I didn't feel it yet. I didn't feel that um, Cersei and Icarus were as in love as I think I was supposed to think. Um, I it took me a while to figure out whether Athena and Gilgamesh loved each other or he was just being a cool dude taking care of her. Like I think they were supposed to be in love. I don't know. Um, like. Uh, there are different like, types of love, Mav. I took it as familial love. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, but and and well, give me know, an hour, 50, and I, and 50, I know <laughs> fifty thousand years is a long time. A lot can happen. But you yeah, know, like I, honestly, yeah, like do know. we need do we need all these? I mean, this is like the kind of thing that like like these questions of things like fans love. Like, why can it not be oh, like maybe. all three, and then we can all? I mean, not really because I don't have time, or I don't I don't care that much. But you know, like I'm sure there is like already an explosion of Eternals fan fiction on the internet using all of these different interpretations of these characters. Right. Um, sure, you know, like I, but also like I mean, I I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I I would have I would have taken this as a mini series um i also think it works as a movie um i mean you know like lord of the rings is like a thing and that worked fairly well with as many characters and some of them just didn't get their due and no one cared that legolas was just a empty shell of a man except when gimli talked to him um I, i'm very critical of lord of the rings too so and, I, and, I and this could this could be it could be just me right like this these are the but things like, that bother yeah. me about about epic storytelling in film because um because these are much of the same criticisms I have with the Lord of the Rings movies. Which, like, I, think, why, I, think, like, yeah. I think I think that like who I'm talking to is not you. Um, yeah, it's yeah. The critic, it's the critics who like I stalked. I got bored during the back half of Dune as Mav. <laughs> And so I stalked critics who gave Eternals a negative review for being too long and boring to see if they gave Dune also a negative review for being too long and boring. And to be fair, some of them were consistent and some of them praised Dune and like crapped upon the Eternals. Also, can I say that Suicide Squad had like a 90 something percent of Rotten Tomatoes this summer and the critics, what? No, that movie. Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, the new one. Yeah. You mean the the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Yeah. The the Suicide Squad with James Gunn. It like undercut every like funny moment moment with a joke it was like ideologically inconsistent there was nothing new about it it's like if he like didn't have an editor in the mcu aka like kevin feige and like went and got to do whatever he wanted um because like the like uh warner brothers was like yeah do whatever you want bring this back it's a soulless movie it's so boring the music's not even as good as you'd expect like and then this is the movie they choose to crap on of all the superhero movies when like we, we have like performances like from selma hayek and Angelina Jolie that did actually move me to tears. Oh, please. Come on, critics. Get over yourself. Did you actually like, oh. did you like Angelina's? See, I thought, yeah. and here's, and see, her. that was weird. weird, weird. Yeah. I loved Salma Hayek in this. I, Angelina, it's not like I hated her. She's Angelina Jolie. She's a very good actress. Um, I thought the performance didn't quite land for me in, uh, and uh, in a way that probably, to be fair to her, I'm probably being rougher on her than I would on random actor X because I expect more out of Angelina Jolie, but I didn't think this was, I didn't think this was her best work. <laughs> um, well, I, I thought, I, I I thought, I, I, I thought the, Soma was really good. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem I had with 
with any of the performances, it, it's the same problem with all of it. It's just there was, for as long as the movie was, not enough time to develop this stuff, any of the character arcs in, in a way that would have. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they're, yeah, I don't yeah, think it's yeah, Angelina's do. fault. Thena runs out of stuff to do. Like, Thena, like, mm-hmm. literally disappears from screen from time to time because they have nothing for her to do. And then she comes back and it's like, oh, yeah, she's still having memory problems. But there's like, like, she'll just disappear for 15 minutes of screen time. Um, I don't know where she goes. It's just she's inconsequential to the plot. So we're not using it. It's, it's a crowded film. And mm-hmm. and like I said, Lord of the Rings has the same problem. Oh, I do agree with Hannah that I think I don't think people are being fair if they are um, if they're giving Dune a pass for because the things that I hated about Dune, I also hate about this movie. And or the things that I hate about this movie, I also hated about Dune. And there are things that I like, like I thought Dune was visually prettier than this, but I thought the character work was better in this. Um, yes. I just thought there wasn't enough of it. So like it's not like I, I don't think either one's a perfect movie. Um, so I, I was very much a mixed opinions on it. I My interpretation or I guess my approach here is is a little bit different in that I considering the fact that it is, let's say, only two and a half hours with 10, even perhaps 11 <laughs> main characters. I That's the those are the limitations of this format. The fact that it is a film and it is not a Disney Plus series. And I thought within those limitations, mm-hmm. they did it masterfully. I, you know, of course, Thena is not on screen the whole time. Of course, Makari is not around for a while. But I didn't feel like they were coming up with stupid reasons as to why they weren't around. I feel like every time a character did come at Fastos is missing for a large part of this film. Yeah. But he's consistent in what we do see of him. I think they very quickly were able to show us this is somebody who here, here are what his powers are. Here's what his influence has been over the course of human history. Here's his low moment of seeing what humans have done with technology that he has. It's the heart of the film for me. Yeah, he was, then, he was the best part of the movie for me. Right, and and do they jump from Hiroshima to him having a family and all of a sudden loving humanity again? Yes, they jump to it, but it didn't bother me. I I don't I don't think I necessarily need to see an hour long episode of Fastos and everything that happens in between because I got it. And for the parameters of what a two and a half hour film are, I understand. Mm-hmm. Okay, he found love, he found a family, and that restored his faith in humanity. I'm fine with that, right? Mm-hmm. And I see the consistency. He still likes to fix things, and this is how he lives his life now so even with with angelina as thena you know i i think she didn't steal the show and i think it's important that she didn't steal the show as angelina i think this is very much an ensemble film it's a very diverse cast in not just you know culturally racially etc and so on but also in terms of like their experiences and i i like how she was this very strong character also a very feminine character but also suffering from this what's essentially a a mental illness throughout the film and 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 i thought it was so well done given the age of the characters um my my roommate said it, it, it's eternals alzheimer's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, i've seen yeah. also compared to ptsd because of the mem- like we find out you know it's the memories of like what they've previously done mm-hmm. on planets which i you know mm-hmm. um and i and i i have to say that i her fine her final sequence fighting um the you know the evolved deviant a lot of people said that that revenge plotline fell flat for them but i didn't feel like by the end it was a revenge plotline her sort of like character struggle when she was talking to gilgamesh about you know am i still Athena? am i still the goddess of war like can i still like fight because you know like throughout part of the film she's she like can't um because of like suffering from the 
the Mad Weary. And and by the end, she finds a way to like fight and manage on her own. And I, I thought that like that was like really what that sequence was about. It wasn't really about the deviants um, mm. or like her her like revenge or what have you. It was it was about remembering Gilgamesh, remembering what he'd done for her and also like drawing on her own strength and like, you know, living her life and and ch- like rejecting these ableist narratives of, you know, like you're broken if you don't fit a certain kind of normalized body or mind in society, which this whole film does the entire time. It, it, again, it's weird because I don't I don't mean to say it's a bad movie i don't i'm i'm very much i'm right in the middle it's it there's this weird thing about rotten tomatoes score um rotten tomatoes makes your in order for a movie to be considered fresh it has to have a 60 percent score and that goes for your scoring as well um you have to give something a three out of five stars or it counts it as a negative for me this is squarely two and a half and if i gave it a three like i could see myself um rating this three points because i don't want it to go have a negative score on rotten tomatoes <laughs> where but i but i really want it to be a two and a half because i really want to say this is this is exact like i am not sorry i i, I saw this movie i enjoyed myself for the for the two and a half hours i was in the theater um but it is not i'm just i'm, I'm just i'm hesitant to say i loved it in a way that oh, you um, shouldn't have to you shouldn't yeah, have to i shouldn't have to and that's and that's the and that's the frustration with it as a critic i feel weird about it as a critic i feel like i want people to understand i i think this is a movie that you should see i think they're doing interesting things um what i do love about it hannah you you talked about this at the beginning people want the MCU to do something different. This was an attempt to be something different. Um, One of my complaints with this movie, Wayne, you said the humor fell flat sometimes. I felt that a lot of the jokes were crowbarred in. It's like, hey, you know, we've, um, we need to have a, you know, somebody sprinkle a little Tony Stark on this. Somebody sprinkle a little Star-Lord on this because we haven't had a joke in a while. And, and and I, to me, it felt like they, they cast Kumail Nanjiani because they wanted to be like, hey, fix this for us. And I, uh, it, it didn't need to be that this could be a serious a serious film and i was enjoying it more when it was so i don't think it was i don't think it was a swing for the fences kind of something different the way that i think uh i'm trying to think what's like of the disney plus series uh wandavision was absolutely a we are doing something different today yep, yep. <laughs> hey kids see, this is not this is not your father's mcu right and that's um uh, i don't feel like this was that divorced um and to be fair if it were people would have shit over it like they would have been like this is what is this thing you know like so i i get why it had to have you know one foot in the in the you know in the shallow end of the pool still right i I get that but it felt weird (laughs) i will say some of the jokes like the organic jokes that came from like the relationships to once again go to makari and druig like they're a little teasing that was funny and like real that's cute and when their family is like dude what what the hell are they why like when everybody else is like yeah that was so adorable like they're like he's clearly been visiting they've clearly been hooking up and everybody's like whoa whoa where is this and 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 it's like none of your business that i was fine with that i love that um i and you know like i i will say like even though i i think most of i think maybe more of the jokes may have worked for me than for you because some of them i think were playing off um you know like like just who kingo was as a character but yeah 
I, at least, at least, um, they weren't so undercut. Um, like they they didn't undercut. Like you know, like no one, no one died, and then there was a joke, which was the Suicide Squad. Yeah, I, I remember like yeah. angry texting the group chat about that. Um, yes, and you know, I, I think that these weirdly, I think that these were like we had two movies in Guardians of the Galaxy to develop the relationship between Gar Lord and Peter and Yondu, and mm-hmm. everyone on Reddit loves that moment when Yondu's like, he's not your dad. Daddy, I was, or you know, whatever. I'm just quoting yes. it. I know I, they're going to come after me, uh, but yeah. but like it didn't feel earned to me. It still doesn't feel earned. I've watched those movies really very See? recently, actually, and I didn't. I di- it just doesn't connect with me, like because I don't feel like their relationship was shown as like I understand that part of their relationship is the inconsistency of where they stand with each other, but not enough of it was consistent to me in the way that like the relationship of the Eternals was to make wow. me feel the pain. Like I cry when he has yeah. his funeral because Father and Son is a song that makes me cry. <laughs> Um, but like that's about the music. Um, but it's the deal drop, yeah. Yeah, but like the but the but the end of Eternals, and when you realize what Icarus has done, I guess we should talk about Icarus, and we like see the family like once again like start to fall apart. That upset me. It really like it really like started to take me back. And it really, and honestly, it really reminded me of, and I don't think this was intentional, how a lot, like since like 2016, a lot of people have been losing their families because their ideologies have been changing. Um, yeah. And how like we have all been like ripped apart over things like our parents won't get vaccines. My parents have gotten the vaccine. That's not a like subtweet about my parents. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there were a few lines there yeah. that definitely felt um, related to that, right? Like Kingo saying you don't turn your back on your family and saying that he's not going to hurt them because of his beliefs and stepping away. That to me is a huge, a unique thing in the MCU that we see one of our main heroes here. In fact, our comic relief and very much the one who kind of gets the audience <laughs> in, right? It's Kingo's relationship to his his assistant Karun that like yeah. is mm-hmm. our audience, yeah. right? That's the connection to humanity. So to have that character step away from the final fight and say, actually, I don't believe in what you guys are standing up for but i'm not gonna fight you either you're still my family that's unique that is very unique for for an mcu film and i think that that was um i thought that was very powerful yeah um i just say to to be clear i i didn't i i liked his character a lot uh and i you know i recognized the need for the comic relief and i thought he delivered it well just there were places it felt it didn't feel as natural as it does in the other movies and i mean quite honestly some of the other movies push it a little too far well, I also wonder, speaking of some of the other movies, and I, I think, Hannah, maybe you're onto something with this idea of in the past, and I'm saying this as a huge MCU fan, but we were often told and not shown that there were deep relationships between mm-hmm. some of our characters, right? We were often Pepper told... Potts. She, I love her yes. because, because I do. Yes. <laughs> yes. We were told yes. and well, not he... shown a lot in terms of those interpersonal connections, and a mm-hmm. lot of it was filled in with, com- with fans' uh, comic Hawkeye, knowledge and with Hawkeye and Black Widow. And- Absolutely. And so there was a lot of that. I'm thinking of Civil War, you know, Tony looking at Steve Rogers and saying, so was I in terms of being his friend. And a lot of that really was not, I think we think about the MCU now and we, and we look back on those older films and so much of what we attach to them is what came later in terms of the uh-huh. character development. And so I think that with the Eternals, this is just our first outing of seeing these characters and there's some we probably won't see again, but there's some that we will see again. And I think that comparing it to some of the character and relationship building of some of the films in the past, I think sometimes we're a little bit too nice on, on the, the films of the past. <laughs> 
out in terms of what they did, because I think this was exceptionally more. Uh, they did so much in this two and a half hours to establish those deep relationships. And I think some of what we're missing from some of these characters is also yet to be to be promised in the future. Can I ask a question for the group then of the Marvel film? And we had last year we had a year without Marvel. Ooh, but like but this year we this year we've had three and we're going to have a fourth one. And the fourth one I'll set aside because the fourth one is going to be characters that we know. Right. Like we 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 know who the Spider-Man crew is. Right. But um, we've well, there might be. No, there might be. I, I, I'm just making, I'm making a, a nuance. Yes, yeah, I'm just being yeah. a dick. But like, but yes, um, of the of the films we've gotten so far, we've gotten Shang Chi, we've got this, and we've got Black Widow. And Black Widow star starred Scarlett Johansson's Natasha, who we knew, and otherwise an entirely new cast, um, and an entirely new cast who are a family. Um, Shang Chi is a story about family drama and starring all new characters, family drama, and my friend, you know. My my not girlfriend, my my buddy. Um, like, but I would ar- I would argue that um, Katie and Shang Chi is supposed to be found family, right? She's family because the family oh, you yeah. choose. Um, yeah. So in both of those stories, I felt like the family story, the family dynamic. I I was just more invested in in. I think they both have shorter run times, but I loved I, like Black Widow. I love their family, like yes. the 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 Widow um, Guardian family. I I love everything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, talk about a character that I have no care about at all. Yelena in the comics is the most pointless thing that has ever happened. I have no interest in her whatsoever. I thought in the, yeah. I, in that movie she was brilliant, and I cannot wait to see her again in Hawkeye. Right, um, mm-hmm. and and I felt like um, I felt like watching Shang Chi. Um, I am a long. I'm a big fan of Shang Chi in the comics. Shang Chi in the movies is a completely it, it, oh, only similar yes. in name. Like there's nothing. It's it, it's completely a different story, and loved every second of it. And here I was. Just just like, eh, you know, I don't hate this, but, you know, I would have I would have done it. And that's kind of where I'm, I'm wondering if people where do you put them in the, ranking the three most recent movies? Where where does this lie for you? I mean, I can't rank Shang-Chi because it's not a Disney Plus yet. And I gave up my movie pass. Oh, so you didn't um, see it. OK. Yeah. So like I I'll see it on like Friday. So yeah, it's, I think it's uh, a week. Yeah, you, this week. Yeah. Tell, so tell me if you like are going to do spoilers. I'll take out my earphones out. Um, no, no, no. I don't think I don't feel yeah, the need to talk but, about it other than yeah. the fact that. I, I named the characters, but like but yeah, you, yeah. you knew their names. You knew his name was Shang Chi. You knew her name, Katie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I thought that actually, I think that one of the best scenes in the entire MCU because of its character um, and the feelings is the opening of Black Widow, which the, I know someone is going to yell at me about. Yeah, with the kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So like, I and I and I honestly think that Black Widow would have been a more enjoyable movie for me if they would have just sat at the dinner table yelling at each other. Um, <laughs> Uh, just I'm not kidding. As, no, as, okay. As an aside, and because uh, I, I do want to, I do need TK to answer that question. But before, just as an aside, I've said this: my favorite thing that's happened in the MCU, uh, period, and probably one of my favorite episodes of television ever. And Wayne's heard me say this: one of the most brilliant things ever filmed on on television is uh, I'm going to do this from memory. Episode four of the Defenders, yeah. <laughs> which huh. is it's it's them sitting around and having dinner at a Chinese restaurant. It is the and, and 
epitome of battle episode. It is everything that I love about superheroes. No one, nothing happens. Uh, and people like people hate Iron Fist. I love Iron Fist. What makes I what makes Iron Fist work for me is episode four of the Defenders, where you realize, yes, I know you hate Iron Fist. You don't like Iron Fist because he's a putz, but everybody else thinks so too. He's a putz in universe, and that made, and like and their dynamic of sitting around having dinner and it's the shawarma scene, but it's an entire hour of the shawarma scene and you get to watch them like interact with each other and you get to watch Jessica just say, I'm tired of you idiots. Fuck you. I'm leaving. And she just leaves for, for half the, like halfway through the episode and then comes back later. And it, it like it is everything about character development that works for me in one hour of, you know, television very loosely. It's the, and, and then they're, you know, then they have to fight at the very end because it's an action show. But mostly it was just, hey, filming these, you know, these four people, five if you cut stick having dinner. And I loved it. Yeah. I, and yeah, you know, we, there's the running joke in, in comics, you know, the Claremont era of, of X-Men, like giant space battles, Shi'ar, blah, blah. And, and, and then there's and the issue. Game. Yeah. But once a year they have a baseball game in the backyard. Those are some of the best issues because it's all, it's all about character development. In those. Wayne of the three movies what did you think about their family dynamics <laughs> I, I, I I agree I like the stuff in in Blackwood I with all of them I, I liked all of that it, I think the thing with Eternals I liked it I think just given the nature of their immortality and the time span and the number of them it's a different type of family re- relationship it's harder f- to project yourself into it than it is you know like the even though yes the Russian spies but the modern suburban family of Black Widow or you know, the the modern you know, Asian family fine it's still it's this American family grouping that we're most of us are more used to where you know relationships over the course of fifty thousand years eh, it's harder to relate to it's fair you know so I so I, I liked all of them in in different ways um, certainly the ones in in Shang Chi and and uh, Black Widow felt more relatable more you know like i've experienced this um, oh because i thought the eternals was super relatable yeah i no, I, I liked it i, I but, it was it was very seven thousand years old so you know no, no, i don't no, know not, if that's not, come not up that, before no, not, <laughs> not the, yes yes that no the, the, the dynamic of like you love people but you disagree with them and there's a lot at stake um and you don't you have to navigate those differences and um, I, I honestly wish I could say that I would know that if people that I haven't talked to in a while, if like my life was on the line, they would not shoot laser beams at me. Um, we've talked about this for giving my family's longevity. I can relate a little bit to that 50,000 years. TK, um, so. <laughs> you've seen all of these multiple times, though. So. Yes, I sure have. And I, I love each of these phase four films in very different ways. And I've, I've spoken extensively on my podcast about how much I love Black Widow and how much it resonates with me in a yes. very personal way. I, I I think I agree with everything being said that I, th- I think these are just different versions of family stories. And I love what feels very intimate about the storytelling of Black Widow and of Shang-Chi and especially the, those small nuclear families or estranged family stories. Mm-hmm. There's something to Eternals though that even if it may on the surface seem less of a relatable type of relationship, that's what makes it very fascinating to me is to really think about, wow like this is so much more beyond people who are even fighting for a common purpose that they were created for the same purpose and they're reckoning with finding out that everything that they had, had uh, all of the assumptions under which they had operated are a lot and how are they going to react to this idea, to, to this revelation? To me, like 
some of, and I love the movie Captain America Civil War. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. And I love the OG Avenger crew. I love them so much. But there was something that was done in, in the fracturing of this group here that I felt like was, oh man, like that's what I wanted out of Civil War. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting that we're falling on such different sides of this when it comes to being able to connect with these characters and how they may be feeling or, or not. But there was something about it that just really, it just really worked for me. I should point out that I like this almost exactly about where I felt where I felt for Civil War. Civil War, I, I found lacking in a lot of ways that were okay. different, but similar like the civil war um civil war my my big problem with it was it's not a movie by itself and this was a turning point for much of the mcu for me like by the time i get to like infinity war and in, in game i'm like yeah i get it i'm no longer watching movies i'm watching a, an ongoing tv series that is the avengers um but civil war was like the beginning of it where i'm where i where i i went into civil war going if this were a standalone film i would think it was incomprehensible <laughs> and, and that was my and that was one of my problems with civil war where i was like this is fine because I've seen all at that point, you know, 15 episodes that went before this. <laughs> but, but but like that, that was my flaw with Civil War. Um, And and I, you know, I was with this. I felt like I, I felt like having seen the 25 previous MCU properties doesn't help me that much for this because none of these characters are in it. And so so I wanted it to be more standalone. And that's why I think I think some of the things that I bump into on an Avengers movie, I'm just I'm less willing to forgive for this because I don't know who these people are, right? Like I, like I, I, I can, I can, I can excuse some Black Widow holes or some or some Iron Man holes because I've got you know eight other movies to pull Natasha logic from. Although to be fair, half of the movies featuring Natasha should just be thrown out when it comes to defining her character. Um, <laughs> but, but at least it's not there. A, it's not. It's not yeah. I would rather it not be there than it to yeah, be I there. I, I, on, yeah, which, I understand I think, why. Which they directly deal with in Black Widow in a really funny and awesome way um but nevertheless um yeah i I, but i I will say like i feel like this is sort of uh exciting moment for the mcu um in terms of like what might come next from this film like Mm -hmm. it felt like in some ways a hard reset um like uh, obviously there are other heroes um who are like carrying over like dr strange and spider-man although you know i like i'm kind of wondering about spider-man's chances on the critical review scale because of like the rumors and how like um people have already enjoyed the multiverse when it came to um, uh, you know into the Spider-Verse and like how they like roof it last time Spider-Man tried to overstuff a film and I, I just wonder although like I want it to do well because I love Spider-Man um, <laughs> anyway but that's don't, that's, how, that's don't, how. don't speculate yourself out of a movie that we're clearly going to devote up an, yeah, yeah. an episode to <laughs> I don't know I don't know if we have room to devote an episode to anyway um, but you know like this this film like you know really like sets up a lot of new here like more than originally thought maybe um, which I wanted to talk to you guys about because like the first of all the when I said at the beginning of the episode I felt the sublime in the theater like never before when Arishium comes back and like snatches everybody I was like what <laughs> this is big this feels big yeah. this is like terrifying I'm feeling like my pulse race I'm very stressed out right now yeah. Josh also felt the sublime <laughs> wow okay <laughs> um, didn't care at all I, 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 and see that and that was the problem I didn't feel like I knew it was supposed to be big to be with his family you don't 
wanted to within. No, I, I do intellectually, but like I like I, that was one of those things where where I felt like I understood why I was supposed to feel an emotional beat there, and then I was just like, uh, I don't, I don't. I mean, like I loved him; he was my favorite part of the movie. Fastos was like I thought the best story, the best character, and even him, I was just like, I don't feel connected enough to you, where I don't, or I didn't want to cry. Like I didn't feel heartbroken in the same way as I do when T'Challa gets thrown off a cliff. Like that's what, and I and I felt like I was supposed to, and I didn't, and that was a problem. Well, different, you know, <laughs> different folks. Yeah, 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 I felt very upset. Okay, well, no, I think that's important. So it means it can work. It means it was working on some people, which is good because I was worried about that because it's a big cliffhanger. This movie ends on a cliffhanger of oh my god, all of our heroes have been kidnapped, and I'm just like, oh, okay, well maybe we'll find out what happens to them <laughs> or not. <laughs> We have we have the Fantastic Four slated for development, and there are some misfires from previous Fantastic Four movies that made a lot of people like wonder: Can they like ever adapt Fantastic Four in the scale that it deserves? And I think this movie answered that question is yes for a lot of people. And it introduced okay. it did introduce some new characters. Um, yes. like I at the very end because I didn't know who Dane was. I he was like, <laughs> I need to tell you who like what's up with my family, and then like she gets kidnapped and he doesn't tell her and I was like well this is going to be the final credit scene and I've never been more eager <laughs> and Wayne this is what I wanted to talk to you about about like Arthurian legendy stuff coming in mm, to the MCU yeah. yes um, also Harry Styles' arrows I guess we should throw that in there but like but, like this is like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, I want to talk about that a little bit as well just from the comics <laughs> perspective but yeah but, but no go, go ahead with what you yeah oh just, just that, like, like this sets up like new characters I mean in some ways people are talking about how like this movie recontextualizes Thanos and makes us think about what happened previously but yeah. also like you don't need to know th- I mean like I don't really yeah. get, like, like look <laughs> Thanos is not a good guy you never like we should all know this from this year we've been living <laughs> never a good reason to dismiss half the population or kill should... people off no bad well, hold no. on Let, let's do the let's do the Arthurian part too because because there, there's yeah. I, I'm, I'm gonna have probably more thoughts on the Thanos and and Star Fox of it all then um because uh, there's probably stuff that like i don't know hannah do you know that character the star fox at like all? like a little tiny bit like okay and tk yeah. do you know anything about harry styles <laughs> about his character because because he's not a, no. he's not a huge part of comics even anymore for reasons that we'll talk about but first yeah. i mean like i i want to talk of like get get yeah. the arthurian thing out of the way because because there very yeah. much is a you know there's a point where john snow looks at cersei and goes um b- well we should talk talk about you know the superhero origin I'm about to have but then she gets but then you're gonna get kidnapped so I don't get to tell you about my superhero origin that I would really like to have my superhero origin right now and which is what you're talking about yeah (laughs) yeah um yeah I I mean I guess I should have been clued in by the very beginning she gives him a medieval crest and I knew Blade was Mm. happening uh (laughs) but I didn't think about that because I but yeah did not occur to me that he'd be in Blade yeah 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 same here yeah I that that piece of it surprised me I hadn't read that part of it as a spoiler um I yeah I mean the Black Knight as a once again from the comics there was a Black Knight character in the late 50s early 60s who was Black Knight set in Arthurian times he was one of the Knights of the Round Table and there were some beautifully yeah, uh, some beautifully drawn stories. Uh, Joe Manili, who I believe was hit by a subway train and died. Um, and there's a lot of belief that had that not happened, he would be spoken of along with Kirby and Ditko as one of the 
architects of the Marvel Universe. Um, the, the Black Knight was brought back in the modern era as a villain, as a member of the Masters of Evil and the Avengers. Um, he wrote a Pegasus. He, he had a, a lance. A, a, he had he had a lance that shot lasers. Because um, <laughs> it was the sixties in science. Because because <laughs> it was sixties, right? Uh, and then and then Dane Whitman and I. He was I think related to the Black Knight. The Black Knight villain died. Dane inherited the his stuff. The mantle. Yes. His stuff. It's his, it's his it, uncle. Yeah, included in which was the Ebony Blade, which is called Dragon Fang, which Valkyrie and the Defenders actually used for a, a long period of time. He was a, a member of the Avengers off and on for years um, in the 1990s era Avengers. He and Cersei wore brown leather jackets and, and dated. I mean, that's, that that's sounds like a good and, and, and that's pretty much the everything you need to know about Black Knight from the comics. That's, that sounds like a great life to wear a brown leather jacket and date somebody who wields a sword. Yeah, yeah. Most yeah. Of yeah. Hate, the, hate the brown leather jacket era yeah. of the Avengers. I actually yeah. don't mind. The, I, 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 if you wore full, so just Wayne's charging the you have to visualize yeah. this and you might want to you he wore full chainmail armor and with a, a brown leather with and a helmet with a brown leather bomber jacket over it it was it was a look he replaced the big cape he'd worn up to that point which you know capes capes are problematic but i don't know that the brown jacket that was an era where a lot of people were wearing leather jackets it, it, yes. was, it was it was a thing if monica were here i would ask her to do a, an article about the preponderance <laughs> of leather jackets and cost costumes in the early 90s <laughs> Uh, uh, she actually ha- she actually has one, I believe. But okay, yeah, I, yeah, I, it, would, it wouldn't surprise me because it was a thing. Uh, but yeah, and so he's just as a character, he's been around off and on for you know fifty years or so. Um, there's um, my earliest introduction to him was an issue of Strange Tales with Doctor Strange, so there's a connection there as well. But yeah, but the the Blade connection I didn't see coming. Uh, I, I didn't know about that uh, until I heard the voice. I was like, oh, okay, they're doing something different here. Okay, do you guys <laughs> recognize the voice being? Herschel Early at first because I, I didn't and I then yeah. saw that Chloe Zhao confirmed it. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure who it was. I like I I because it, it's the problem with um the problem with seeing something in the theaters is I can't rewind. So and I, it was I, just I, a hurt. It was a deep booming voice. I thought I, I thought is that Jeffrey Wright? I, I, I thought maybe yeah. it was like it was maybe doing a watcher thing. I wasn't sure. Yeah, but it, but it's, it's literally just that one line. And so but yeah, yeah it's I, 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 I thought it was him and Marcel turned to me and, and said his name. I'm like, yeah, yep. You're right. Yep. <laughs> so I thought it was him, uh, uh, but mostly because um, I've watched into the Spider Verse over and over again, and I was like, "Is that? Uh, is that? Yeah." Uh, <laughs> Uh, but like the, my, my theater, um, I know like people were like, is that the watcher? Is that Nick Fury? I mean, which is, you know, fair. Cause like Nick Fury has been like, oh, at the end he's, he's, right, he's out there. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. So I, I, yeah, I didn't expect to see the black Knight in this movie, but I certainly knew who Dane Whitman was meant to be from the first right. time I heard he was cast. So, right. uh, but uh, Star Fox, who was also yeah. a member of the Avengers during the brown leather jacket era. I don't think he wore a brown leather jacket, but uh, but he was yeah. hanging out with them. So, so you're excited okay. about Star Fox then, uh, Hannah? Well, I'm excited about Star Fox in the MCU. I'm not excited about Star Fox and his little baggage. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's going to need, need to be heavily rewritten is the problem. Like if you were, I, the thing is like I am divorced from the comics for the most part, mm. except Spider-Man when I feel like it. Um, right. Yeah. Well, and, and he's a character I, I feel no connection to. You know, like I, right. I'm aware of him for years of comics. 
even before he was problematic, he was like, yeah, whoever. Yeah. He's always problematic. I, Start, I, so, I, okay, I, so yeah. for listeners, hold Eros on. Should... Is, Eros is always problematic because of er, like like the Greek mythology. Um, yes. But, yeah. And his character, uh, so Star Fox is a character who in the comics, his power is date rape. That is his yeah. power. That's what it always was. That's that's what he does. And so he does the mythology to do more or less. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah he, he can root for you. So. Yeah, and that's, and they need to fix that if they're going to be leaning on it for and I don't th- I don't think they want to bring um you know Harry Styles they didn't pay Harry Styles right. money to to have a cosmically powered date rapist and right. yeah. to be fair the the comics in more recent years have dealt with this issue yes, um, yes. and they've tr- they've tried to redeem him and like deal with you know what it yeah you know, cuz it was you know like his power is essentially to, like, address it. yeah essentially he is like what super pheromones he's like the purple man in in Jessica yes, Jones, in Jessica Jones, but he, but he's not, it's not so much mind controlly like tells you what to do no. and what to do it. You just find him unbelievably attractive, and, and, and so and we'll he sleep sleeps with, with you. Yeah, that's yeah. his entire character. And, and no, no, they'll change that. They'll change. Yeah. It. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But when I saw him, I was just, my my reaction given this history was, wow, really? They're going there? Yeah. But, but then, yeah, it's like, oh no, they're they're not going there. Yes, yeah. they they clearly I, have to change that. <laughs> my my excitement is not for the character so much as the 10 seconds of him being like I was an eternal Thanos was an eternal like mm-hmm. we were like I he's like broken free it's it's more of like what he sets up for like an eternal cycle or like you know like the next phase in like yeah. the mm-hmm. phase four because like they're not I mean like even if they decide you know what the critical reviews have really put us off the Eternals which honestly I don't I don't think it's gonna happen um like the box office wasn't that great which honestly like at this point like it seems like it's going to be fine it might cost me the box office game because of the critical score but I stand by my choices because I really enjoyed this film mm. um, but whatever I don't care I don't want it oh god I sound like Jon Snow anyway um, <laughs> but I, I like I, they're go- they're not going to like give up on the Celestials and they're not going to drop this plot no. line like they're going to find a way to like keep it going um, I'm like I'm excited to see like how these characters like overlap and where we see them next and like what is the like we all knew that the Infinity Stones were the thing for like 20 years. Right. <laughs> like, it was literally like almost 20 years. Like, yeah. I, I I said to Josh, I'm glad we don't have kids because we'd have like, it'd take us how long to like watch all these movies just like <laughs> in a row and also the TV shows now. Like, it's like, it's a lot. Like, it's a lot to just like get in to the MCU right now and like. To be fair, it was 11, it. just so you know. <laughs> it was, you, know you don't even have to exaggerate. It was 11 years. Uh, yeah. Two, 2008 to. Um, to 2019. Well, it felt like 20 years, <laughs> but maybe that's partially because uh, grad school felt like I'm so, I am 7,000 years old because of graduate school. Um, <laughs> for like a, over a decade, we like knew what the Affinity Stones were and where this was going. And honestly, like I have no idea where this is going. I'm sure if mm-hmm. I were like more of a comic aficionado like you guys, I would have better ideas. But like also, since they changed so much, when they changed too much, screen, like you yeah. know, like yeah, no, I, I don't know where all this is going because they no. do change too many things. I mean, Thanos and, and Star Fox and, and that whole thing was introduced, what, two or three years before the Eternals? Uh, yeah. so, so them being Eternals was definitely a retcon in the comics. They did tie yeah. them in. Starlin, um, but, yeah, because star, the, the Eternals is Kirby, but 
Thanos is very much a Starlin thing. So as are it, yeah, Drac, Drax and Gamora and Star Fox yes. and Hit Patrol and Yeah. So it's who knows what's going to happen here. And the Celestials have they're never a big deal. Like it's a they're a cosmic force, but like I like I think they're bigger in the MCU than they've ever been in the comics mm. as far as like importance. It you know, there are people who are into the cosmic side of the MCU. I, I don't know where they're going with the storyline. I don't yeah. Like there's ego is not a celestial in the in the comics. That's a change, yeah, right? Yeah, that's yeah. just a change, and it, it, he's a completely unrelated character. So uh, who knows, you know? Um, and he's not Star Star Lord's father in the comics. That's a different guy. It's a different villain. Right. So the, there's been so many changes that I don't know where they're going with it, and I am interested. I mean, yeah. that's that. So Eternals has accomplished that. I, I'm, you know, I, I, I mean, I know TK. I know you're going to be interested because otherwise you have to cancel your show. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm in for the long run. Like I said, it's like uh, it's a it's a deep deep relationship that I have. Um, well, speaking of the evolution of the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe, um, it's not Crowbar at all. <laughs> like okay, it's because I'm like you know I went to grad school in 19th century studies and I sat around for years reading Darwin. No joke, um, like reading all of Darwin. But I was very interested in like this movie's like take on evolution, and I think that in some ways this movie understands Darwinian evolution more than maybe any other film I've ever seen but not on purpose okay um, because like a lot of people think that Darwinian evolution begins and ends with the struggle for life and the struggle for life in the sense of nature is red and tooth and claw and you know the weak die out and the strong survive and that is like what matters and that's like and then you know like social Darwinism like comes from this kind of crap and we get all sorts of like horrible things branching out from like Darwinian <laughs> thought like eugenics once again eugenics, eugenics bad, bad people like that is that is the beginning and the end and stop being ableist. Goodbye. Um, but actually not goodbye because I need to finish explaining what I'm talking about. Um, but there's this other side of Darwin which he's very interested in like co-evolution and species cooperation. Like he talks about orchids and wasps and, and like honeybees like evolving together. He talks about relationships in nature of animals protecting each other. Uh, towards like the cinema man, he starts talking about sympathy and like moral sentiments and how that like evolves and he's, he's very interested in emotions so much that he writes about the emotions of man and animals um, in the 1870s. So like, like, like scholars have like chronicled this in books like Darwin Loves You and I, I just couldn't help but think watching this film that they were they were like they were kind of rejecting the uh just total like you know adaption um like to survive and like be super strong although like there there continue to be adaptations to the environment and unexpected um adaptations that went against quote their programming which darwin talks about variability and wayward um like adaptations and how that actually is a super powerful thing and like it really did like focus on like things like cooperation and love and so it wasn't like bull crap to me when like <laughs> Icarus, like, like, you know, didn't like, like, didn't hurt Cersei because he loved her because, like, emotions are important to survival and, like, shape how we act. 
And I just, I found it really interesting. I don't know. This is probably not making sense to anyone else. No, no, I'm following. I, no, I, I don't... I, this is really interesting to me because I, and I haven't read Darwin the way that you have, Anna, but it absolutely stuck out to me. <laughs> no, should when do. We see the scene of Cersei <laughs> towards the beginning of the movie. She's running late. She goes into the museum. And I think you're on something because I don't think it was a mistake that the film makes that decision to pan to the Darwin statue when Cersei arrives in the museum late. And that immediately put me into looking for something and i i think you know the film even comments upon the idea of evolution they talk about arishim creates the deviants to prey on the predators mm-hmm. allowing intelligent life to thrive but the deviants evolve beyond that purpose so arishim creates the eternals in such a way that they won't evolve so this was i think really interesting it, um, early on in the film cersei talks to her students about the concept of apex predators it kind of implies that the eternals have become the apex predators and they're not even aware of it right mm-hmm. it's interesting because they weren't even aware of the fact that they were in that position. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to me. I I was connecting it to the book Sapiens by Harari, if anyone's read it, in (sighs) which uh, I was recently reading the section where he's talking about how what the different theories of how Homo sapiens wiped out or perhaps didn't wipe out, but the the coexistence of Homo sapiens and other humans within the species, within the genus Homo. And one of the theories being Mm -hmm. about what makes Eternals different. Yeah, I I, I also think that nod to the Darwin statue was like she actually was friends with him a century ago. Yeah, yeah. century and a half ago, you know, however long um, ago that was. I, I think she actually knew him. Which, by the way, I, I want to say that the references in this film are so smart. First of all, there's a Dickens reference um, when they like find Macari and they talk about, "Hey, Miss Haber- Mrs. Haversham," yes. because like you know yeah. she's like great expectations. She's like hanging out, and then uh, if you've read Peter Pan and they talk about um, like, like when Kingo's talking about Sprite being Tinkerbell and Icarus is Peter Pan, it's not mm-hmm. just like. Uh, explaining that Tinkerbell's in love with Peter. It's a hint that Icarus is bad news because Peter is actually mm-hmm. bad news in like the original. Like he kills lost boys when they outlo- like live their purpose. Like he is very unyielding in how he wants to live his life. And that like very mm-hmm. much mirrors Icarus's arc. So cool literature Easter eggs for you. <laughs> uh, great point. So we resolve nothing. Uh, <laughs> never do. <laughs> no, I, I go see the movie. You know, if, if you're interested in this genre and the MCU, it's, yeah. it's it's well worth seeing. I think we all agree with that. Whatever our different opinions are, it's worth seeing. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I definitely think it's worth seeing. I think the criticism has been unfair in that people are, you know, oh, this is the worst MCU. It's not the worst of the movies. It's um, I don't hate. Iron Man 2 as much as Hannah does, but I don't think it's great. It's not a good movie. It's just it's it's I mean, there's the misogyny and it's also just kind of you know, oh, I guess we're doing another one of these. There's a lot of that in, in Iron Man 2 because the, yeah. like Iron, Iron Man turned out a lot better than the, anybody thought it would and like they're like oh we're, we're not going out of business because that's what Marvel thought was going to happen when they mortgaged their company in order to make <laughs> Iron Man 1 um, like they they literally mortgaged Marvel Comics um, they were this was a Hail Mary to not go out of business and it worked and now it's like okay what do we do now so Iron Man 2 is not a great movie but you know fine I guess I, 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 I mean, and this I is better than that my, my is, quibble with 
Iron Man 2 is that it felt like it was setting up the Avengers and you were just waiting for like the Avengers to happen. Um, it's entirely just setting up the Avengers and just waiting yeah. for I mean, it is uh, yeah. Iron Man 2 is very much a so we're doing a thing now. and You know, let's set let's set the, the, the place for doing the thing. And 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 they hadn't mastered that yet. Uh, um, I feel and this is better than that. It's better than um, it's better than Avengers 2. I think Avengers 2 is a piece of oh, garbage. It um, is a piece of with, garbage. With, I will with, not watch with it With the again. exception of with it, well, there are there are there are highlights of it. I think every time Hawkeye is on screen is brilliant in Avengers 2, and that's one of the reasons I'm looking forward to this new, to to this new TV series. But that's what YouTube is for. Yeah, on the whole, <laughs> that's not a good movie. This is better than that. So I I, I don't I don't I, I don't think it's fair. It's better than Dark World. Dark World is Dark World. I, I'm not. I don't even hate it as much as everybody else. It's just a pointless movie that like I defy you to to tell me what happened in it. You know, <laughs> like no one no one remembers. Um, that's why so, they literally had to explain it to us in Endgame when they went back in time. Yeah, <laughs> right. And so like I'm so like you know I I don't think it's awful. I do think it's worth watching. I I don't think it's perfect. Um, you know, growing pains. It's a it's a new phase. It's a rebuilding your cinematic universe. You know, like so. I I think it's going to leave interesting questions about the future of it, if only because I do think they're going to need to course correct because there are people who didn't like it. We we had some comments on on it from some of our listeners who are like, oh, I thought this was fine. I didn't love it. You know, and if they're if we also have like some that really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. But if if, if it's mixed, if it's mixed amongst critics, that's one thing when it's mixed among, you know, just fans, which is where it seems to be um, it's that then it means they're going to have to course correct and I don't think that's a bad thing I, I'm trying to be fair to it the same way that um, like I tried to be fair to all the DC movies which I didn't love you know like I um, I, I uh, for instance Hannah you said you don't like The Suicide Squad I think no. the, the Suicide Squad was great because I saw Suicide Squad and like <laughs> is, the, is The Suicide Squad the best movie no but they took notes and they fixed things and I, I know and I'm pretty sure you hadn't seen the first film right no no, but also okay, you are, I, saw, you I, saw, are, I saw Birds of Prey and that is what a good film looks like. Um, and uh, yeah. not that. It's, um, but uh, but I, what I will say yeah. both birds, both birds, having seen all three of them, both Birds of Prey and The Suicide Squad were two new filmmakers doing what they could to take notes and correct them. Now, they did it in different ways, but both of them are attempting to correct the problems of that first film. And so I think that Marvel is going to have to do the same thing here. They're going to they're going to take what worked from this and they're going to try and fix some things. And uh, and it's and it's enough to, you know, it's not like I'm going to not come back. And I think that anybody who's pretending that they're out because of this is lying. You know, this is not the straw that broke the camel's back for anybody. Right. And I certainly hope that they don't. And I, I don't know if it was on purpose or not, because it was just such a slapdash like fast production. I certainly hope that characters don't get their due because of idiots on the internet we don't need to bring and talk about that you can cut that out but i i'm uh <laughs> no. there has been some but there has been some backlash to this film that is inappropriate it, that doesn't it, yeah there's been there's been not like not, people no 
There's people like review bombing on IMDb. I assure you, Kevin Feige doesn't give a shit about you people. Yeah. Just let it go. Um, I'm going to quote um, <laughs> Kevin Smith, oddly enough. Kevin Smith tells a story where he, um, he I don't know, for people who don't know, Kevin Smith is currently the showrunner of uh, of Netflix's um, reboot of, of He-Man. He-Man and the Master. It's just called Masters of the Universe. Um, and when they announced they were going to do this, there was a certain segment of the internet who was very excited because they hated the She-Ra show, which we've talked about on our on our show, because it was too woke and woke is bad, you know. So they hated the She-Ra show. And so they were excited to see the new He-Man show because they're like, we're going to get, they're going to get something for us. And then it wasn't what they wanted and so then they immediately shat all over it and was like this is awful this is awful and kevin smith was very dejected because he thought he was doing something brilliant by the way if you haven't seen the new he-man show it's really good it's much shorter than the she-ra show the she-ra is like the, the he-man is like six episodes and it's going to be six more episodes so it's only it's a much shorter thing but it, but it's a it's a very interesting take and he does something different than what they did with she-ra and he doesn't do it's not a kevin smith show it's not it's not what you're thinking of if you're like a clerks fan this is a different kind of thing. He takes this seriously and he and he does this show and people were mad about it. And then he was like just sad and dejected about it and, and complaining. And then he said and then he had a meeting with Netflix and he, and they said the Netflix producers went to him and said, Kevin, do you think that we make decisions based on people on the Internet? And Kevin says, don't you? And they're like, no, we've got metrics. We you know, we, we pay people to do this. So like it doesn't. So they're not stupid. You can review bomb at IMDb all you want. Like they know box office they know you know cinema score like they'll they use real metrics and reviews and the real metrics and reviews of eternals are mixed it got a b cinema score which is not awful it's not you know you want an a but it's still a b b is above average you know it's good <laughs> so like that, that that's kind of that's kind of where they're at they'll fix things and they'll shoot for the a which is where you know Mar- most marvel films get an a or an a minus this has a b so they'll be like okay we can we can fix some things and and then they'll keep some stuff and that's, I think that's fine <laughs> like I, I think that's a fine thing to do I have a feeling that if they make a sequel to Eternals it'll probably get a higher score because we'll spend more time with the characters and that'll make yeah. you and Wayne more happy and I also <laughs> think that with time I, I think mean, people will soften on the film a little bit like I, I, I think that yeah. there's a moment and I, I think some audiences going into it you, you can't help but be kind of impacted by the talk that's out there and the worst Marvel mm-hmm. movie ever discourse out there and uh, and some of those those scores and I'm not talking about people like us but I mean some of the other general audiences that might be out there oh the I heard common, this thing so the common folk yes not the fine people who listen to this show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about even like some of the students I teach right oh I heard it was trash right yeah. so it's like if you hear that it's trash and then and then you go and even if you like it a little bit uh, it, it takes a lot of bravery to be like wait no that was awesome All right so, but I, I do feel like it, it, with some time with time, a lot of the popular opinions on MCU movies have changed. There is mm-hmm. some revisionist history out there. And I understand maybe Rotten Tomatoes or, or Cinema Score has always been more positive, but in terms of audience uh, liking. So I, I wonder with time mm-hmm. how much we'll see this become maybe a cult classic <laughs> among MCU fans <laughs> or um, or we may see it, mm-hmm. it gain some more favor with the films that come later in the same way that a film like Age of Ultron, which, you know, for me has gained a little yeah. bit of favor because of things that have come. Yeah. It well, there's, yeah. Age of Ultron, I think, is a lot better after they've counterfixed things in the future, right. which I think is a good example. Exactly. Right. Like Age of Ultron, yep. the stumbles of Age of Ultron have been addressed in later films and they 
were stumbles and they took notes and that's that's what you're hoping for right like that's Definitely. it's uh it's progressive story making so yay <laughs> anyway tk thank you for joining us <laughs> this has been well, great thank you for having me yeah this was so much fun and i'm i'm really uh this was great i appreciate yeah, it well appreciate you having me on we need to have you back more often uh, so for for listeners just a little behind the scenes we were hoping to have you on for the fat furious show because you have other interests and yeah, that didn't work out so <laughs> thank you for coming back uh, um and please come back again we want i'm sure there'll be more marvel movies or other topics to discuss that you're you interested in um if people want to find out more about you and hear you do this every week serious deep dives into a great again i love her show so tell people about your show or you can find there was an idea dot 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 a marvel cinematic universe podcast pretty much wherever you find your podcasts apple Podcasts, google spotify stitcher uh you can find me on twitter and instagram at an idea underscore podcast and i post behind the scenes stuff and advertise episodes there. I'm not on Facebook mm-hmm. because, you know, they've been silencing <laughs> us for too long. I'm kidding. <laughs> the Eternals. <laughs> um, but not on Facebook, but Twitter and Instagram. I appreciate you listening okay. and I appreciate you having me on. <laughs> That's that great. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. People should check it out. I, I'm very much looking forward to hearing what you have to say about um, well, I'm actually, I'm hoping to be on the Hawkeye show as well. You know? Yeah. Yes, please. And Hannah, where can people find you? Um, nowhere. <laughs> if, you, if you if you think MCU, that could be a really clever joke, or well, like I mean, like eh, like like you know, like not so clever, but you know, clever enough for like recording at 9 p.m. Or you can take it as I'm a hermit. Either way. <laughs> and Wayne, what about you? I'll be in my spaceship reading. You are the worst <laughs> co-host ever, both of you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you both. <laughs> That's like, uh, curmudgeons who don't use the internet, but host a show on the internet. What's wrong with you people? Oh, I, you know, you, if you if you type my name into Google, you will find scads of stuff about me. Just nothing, nothing recent. I pretend like we're just having a conversation with friends and people we admire, and I pretend like no one listens to me or knows who I am. <laughs> uh, but even well. Even so, you should still leave us a five star review saying, yes, we love li- we love you, Hannah, and we do listen. Five stars. That's what I want to hear. Um, oh, God. You, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. All the places always at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show all those same places at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com where you can find out what we're talking about next week, which again, I think is Dune, unless that was last week. You know, read the, look at the back catalog, figure out what happened because we're <laughs> we're a little confused. Um, but you can find out what else we are talking about in the week after that. And you can find out what other future shows are going to be. You can leave us comments, which we might address on the show. That's how we pick guests sometimes. You can leave us suggestions about what we should be doing shows on. We've got a lot of really interesting shows coming up we've got we've got a whole show coming up out up about sex that should be interesting people like sex right that's like a thing sure um we've got uh, we we didn't talk about the fact that this was the first mcu to have sex but there wasn't really anything to talk about so anyway sorry Matt. oh yeah i guess i guess that yeah there was a controversy about that being a sex scene and i I mean it was just just a really extended kiss that yeah i mean kissing kind of yeah it could have been 
by 30 seconds or so. Not to brag, but I've had sex more than three times in my life, and it was not like that. So, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is our after credit sequence, I guess. Right. Yeah. That's what it was like in Babylon. In Babylon. Babylonian times, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, if you enjoy this, and we certainly hope you do, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from. And do us a favor. Leave us a five-star review. If you leave us a five-star review, especially on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, that gooses the algorithms, makes us more popular, helps other people find the show, helps other people find TK's show, actually, because it's it's weird. Like, when you five-star review one person's show that you like and another person's show that you like, it helps both shows. So do that. Leave us both five stars. That would really help. It'd be great. I would like to thank Maximilian of Thoughtform Music for our epic theme song, building ever so more epically and playing us out. I Once and, again, and, like... And, 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 and and for those of us who, who who cuddle off before listening to Max's song, this episode has a post credit scene. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'd like to thank TK for joining us. I'd like to thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Maybe they just cast the Silver Surfer. <laughs> <laughs>